Hello, and welcome to I Watch This As An Adult, the podcast where I review movies from my childhood from an adult perspective. And this week, I'll be reviewing 2003's Daredevil. Hi guys and welcome to the show. Today I will be reviewing 2003's Daredevil. But before I do that, let's talk about things I watched this week. The first thing I want to talk about that I watched this week was uh, The Book of Boba Fett. I actually watched the first episode like uh, a week before, but I didn't talk about it because I did my had to do my best worst list of uh, 2021. Go check that out on, the, on my last episode. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't have the time to talk about Book of Boba Finn and I want to talk about it. And I think this is the best time to talk about it because uh, I, I saw episode one and I saw episode two and I kind of got a feel of what the show is now. Uh, first episode, first episode was okay. First episode was okay. Uh, it was kind of like a, it was kind of like an origin. This is kind of like an origin story plus a continuation of what happened to Boba Fett after the whole Jabba the Hutt situation and Return of the Jedi and all of that stuff because uh, they give you flashbacks and the the way they do the flashbacks is like Boba Fett sleeps in like a, a hyperbolic chamber, like like he sleeps in like one of those hyperbolic chambers, which is going to be a that's going to be a a running a running trend in this episode. I'm going to say <laughs> like that's going to be a that's going to be something you're going to hear about a lot in this episode. But um, this episode of this podcast, because well, you'll know I, when I talk about it, I'll talk about it. Uh, I'm digressing again. I always do that. But anyway, um, but anyway, yeah, uh, Boba Fett sleeps in a hyperbolic chamber, and every time he sleeps in the hyperbolic chamber, it's got, like, water in it, and, like, he has, like, this pressure tube to breathe underwater, and so, like, every time he sleeps in the hyperbolic chamber, he has, he has these flashbacks of what happened to him before he came back, before he came back in the Mandalorian and all this stuff. Um, he was uh, like the, like the first episode. The first episode, the first thing they show you is him in the Sarlacc pit. Cause if you remember, he got he got pushed into the sh- sar- Sarlacc. The Sarlacc pit is the Sarlacc pit. He got pushed into the Sarlacc pit, and they show you what happened to him in the Sarlacc pit. It was. I think it was him and, like, another Stormtrooper. But pretty much, they show you how he gets out of the, the Sarlacc pit. It's pretty dope. Like, he, like, burns the inside of the Sarlacc pit and just, like, pops out. And you see his arm pop out the other side and shit. And he just, he just like, filled with a business, like, filled with goo. You know, like, his suit is, like, covered in goo and shit. And, like, he's passed out. Uh, and... The, the 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 Tuscan Raiders find him first. He was the, first. He got like stripped naked by the fucking Jawas, and like the Jawas just stripped the fuck out of him. And then the Tuscan Raiders came, and then like they like took him in as a prisoner and shit like that. But anyway, 
first episode is good. It was pretty much all about that. It was just pretty much how uh, he he escaped and how the Tuscan Raiders found him, and he's kind of like a, a slave to the Tuscan Raiders. And the, the 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 best part for me was when he starts fighting this like kraken looking creature at the end that's pretty dope uh but and in the middle and in the middle of that you get like present day boba fett what he's doing now is like him and uh fennec played by ming na win uh they've kind of like taken over jabba's uh establishment uh because like uh boba boba killed bib fatuna i I think i'm saying his name right right Bib Fortuna uh, killed him, you know, because like he was running the shit after Jabba died, and so he was running the shit. And then Boba killed him, and then like Boba was like, "Well, now I'm running shit now, all right." Uh, so, <laughs> and it, but this is the thing that I don't. That's like pros and cons about this show, because the, the pros is that it's it's a decent show. I love all the. I just, I just want to see more of present day Boba. What's he doing now? You know, because like there was there was already an assassination attempt on him in episode one. Uh, episode two, you got uh, Jabba the Hutt's uh, cousins came. Uh, it's like these two big huts. It's like a girl hut and a and a and a boy hut. And like they came and they pretty much fucking threatened Boba Fett they was like you took our cousin spot and he's like pretty much it was pretty much like I, I watch your fucking back you know they was pretty much saying that they're like I'll be watching my fucking back if I was you we'll deal with you they're like it won't be now but it's gonna be someday we gonna deal with you pretty much they was like we gonna catch you on the rebound homie yeah, but, uh, <laughs> and then they got like this big fuck I'm not like I'm going to tell you guys, I'm a Star Wars fan, but I'm a casual Star Wars fan off rip. I'm going to tell you guys that I like, I know all I know is the movies and I've watched a couple of the TV. I watched a couple of the shows. I don't read no like Star Wars fan fiction. I don't read no Star Wars comic books. I don't play any of the video games and no shit like that. Cause like everybody was talking about that Wookiee. Uh, there was a Wookiee that's uh, with the huts, and like he's kind of like a kind of like the muscle. He's like a big black Wookiee. He looks fucking badass. I think it's from like one of the Star Wars comics. Uh, it was uh, when I did my research on him. I think he's from one of the Star Wars comics, and I'm like, I would have never known that because I don't read Star Wars comics. So, <laughs> so I would so I wouldn't know about that, you know. So. I, I'm I'm just telling you guys I'm a casual Star Wars fan, all right. So I'm telling y'all. Uh, so I kind of I kind of want to see more of what present day Boba's doing. You know, I want to see what pr- pr- present day Boba's doing. Like he's kind of like he's not really ruling with an iron fist. I want to see more of that conflict between him and Finnick. Cause look. Cause any day now, like Finnick gonna turn her fucking back on him because Boba's being too soft. You know, he's being too nice. He got dudes like running up on him. He had the huts run up on him, threatening his life and shit. And he just pretty much like, I'm gonna settle this my way. I'm gonna settle this in a peaceful way. And Finnick looking at him like, nigga, 
they trying to kill you. <laughs> she, she was like, just pretty much like, she like, bro, they trying to kill you, man. You, you need to like fucking fight back. You need to, you need to like dead these, you need to dead these motherfuckers, you know, like dead them. You need to put them in the ground. And he's just like, no, I will handle it my way. And like, I'm like, dude, she's gonna, she's gonna fucking, she's gonna fucking turn on him. Finnick is gonna turn on him. I'm waiting for the day that she turns on him. It's, it's inevitable. It's fucking inevitable. If she doesn't turn on him, I'm going to be fucking surprised. I'm going to be surprised. But yeah, it was, but like, I just want to, I just want to see more of that. Uh, because, like, even the second episode, when he got in the hyperbolic chamber, I was like, no, no more. And they flashback. And most of the second episode is a flashback of him with the fucking Tuscans. Right? It's him and the fucking Tuscan Raiders again. And I was like, I thought we were done with this. In episode one, we saw that. We saw him fight the Kraken. And, uh, and then, like, he earned the Tuscans' respect and shit like that. And... That was pretty much it. But then there's more Tuscans. It's more fucking Tuscan Raiders. And like this on this episode, they was fighting like this train. Uh the train scene. Cause like there's a tra- there was like a, a, a train. And like there was a bunch of they like there was like there was a bunch of uh I forgot what you call those things. Like I said, I'm a casual Star Wars fan, so don't be like Oh, uh, that was so-and-so from Knights of the Old Republic. You've never read that book? You need to read the book to know who they are. Don't do that shit to me, okay? <laughs> All right? All right, don't do that shit to me. Um, I told you, I'm a casual Star Wars fan. I only know the movies and TV shows. That's where I stop. Uh, don't read no books, comic books, none of that shit. Uh, don't read none of that shit. So, like, I don't know what these things are called. I forgot what they were called. But, like, they were sniping the Tuscans. They were, like, shooting outside the uh, train, just sniping the Tuscans. And so, Boba's like, oh, man, we got to deal with this. And they went to go rip off, like, these uh, Sons of Anarchy, uh, like, aliens. Like, and, and take, like, their speeder bikes. They took their speeder bikes. And, like, Boba did it kind of, like by himself, he beat the fuck out of these motherfuckers, and took their fucking speeder bikes, and everybody was talking about, oh, more like, Easter egg shit, cause like, there's like two, uh, like, human characters on, 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 in the, in the bar with the little Sons of Anarchy dudes, and it's like, everybody's talking about, oh, that's, uh, that's, uh, I think there was like, that's Luke's friends, or some shit like that, and I was like, I don't know them, I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know them, I I told you, I told you guys, I'm gonna tell you guys again, casual Star Wars fan, that's all I know, but, uh, like, that's all I fucking know, so, like, a lot of times, there could be an Easter egg put in my face, and if it's not from the movie or the television show, I'm gonna be like, I, 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 I don't know who the fuck that is, I'm sorry, I don't know who that is, I'm sorry, but, uh, but, yeah, he took the speeder bikes, and brought it back to the Tuscans, and he's pretty much like, we gonna ride on these motherfuckers, you know, like, we gonna ride on these train motherfuckers, and so they go, they go and ride on the train, dude, so, like, they gotta, I'm telling you, man, that train scene, that train scene with Boba and the Tuscans on the, uh, on the, uh, the, the speeder bikes and they just riding on the side of the train and trying to beat up the train it looked like a fucking super nes like video game stage <laughs> i'm not gonna lie 
that look like a goddamn video game stage where uh you gotta beat up you you if you're old enough to remember that i'm dating myself by the way i'm dating myself but if you're old enough to remember like the super nintendo and like there's some games on there where like you would have to like they send you on a mission like go uh stop this train or something like that and that, it looked like a mission on a super nintendo game where like you like speeder bike on on the side of the on the side of the train and you gotta beat up the train <laughs> beat up the train like you gotta beat up just hit weak spots on the train and the train light up and shit like that and you hit the train so many times and then it blows up like blue 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 and some shit like that right that's what this scene looked like that is exactly what this scene looked like it looked like the 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 the, the stage in a super nintendo video game that's what it looked like but it did that uh they got they got these uh these creatures off the train uh, they had like, I guess they had spices or whatever the fuck. Uh, and, and they got the spices, and now the Tuscans are teaching Boba their way and all this shit. And that's pretty much how the fucking episode ends. You know, I hope episode three moves away from the. I hope we don't spend too much time with the Tuscans. Is what I'm saying. I hope we don't spend too much time with the Tuscans. I hope we spend a little bit more time with present day Boba Fett that's what I want to see I want to see more present day Boba Fett I guess they I guess they got to kill time with him and the Tuscans because uh Boba doesn't really go he doesn't really go too many places it's like he's in his he's in his he's at his throne like he went to go visit the mayor this episode uh, who's voiced by Robert Rodriguez, by the way. That was dope. Uh, it's like, it's, the bear's like this big, like, snail creature. And, like, he can, like, he, like, he, like, talks in his language. But, like, he has, like, a voice translator on him. And he's like, and then, like, it's like, be careful how you talk to me, Mr. Fent. And it's and that's Robert Rodriguez's voice. Um, so, I hope they kind of spend a little bit more time with that. But, like I said, Boba doesn't really go anywhere too much he's just on i think he's on uh tatooine he's just pretty much on tatooine he's not like the mandalorian where like the mandalorian went everywhere i think i'm spoiled by that i think that's what it is i'm spoiled by how good the mandalorian was and all the places he gets to go you know like and all the people he gets to meet you know and i'm watching just boba finn i'm like is this show just gonna be a whole bunch of bunch of fucking flashbacks you know so i'm gonna give it a shot i'm gonna give episode three a shot i'm probably i'm probably gonna give the whole show a shot and come back talk about these weekly really but we're gonna see i think there's like four more episodes left they gotta pick up the pace they gotta pick up the pace real fast because i'm kind of getting tired of this flashback shit i kind of am another show i'm watching which i should have been watching uh, when it first started, excuse me, I'm watching Cobra Kai now, uh, I had to go through, um, seasons one through three to get to the current season I'm at now, which I'm not even finished with yet, is, uh, I think I watched, like, two episodes of season four last night, but I was pretty much, I've pretty much been watching Cobra Kai all throughout the fucking holidays 
I've been watching that throughout the fucking holidays. So, cause like, I was like, I'm not really doing shit. And I was like sick for like a week. So like the whole time I was sick, I was watching fucking Cobra Kai. I was like, I could fucking watch Cobra Kai. I'm sick for a goddamn week. I'm sitting in bed all goddamn day. Let me fucking give Cobra Kai a shot. And I got to say, it is fucking fantastic. <laughs> it is a, this is an awesome fucking show. <laughs> I didn't know you could take the Karate Kid and make it into such a fucking cool ass show. You know, <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. Cause like this show is fucking, it's the Karate Kid. It's like everything from the goddamn eighties. It's, uh, it's Power Rangers it's fucking pro wrestling because i love I, I was talking about that last night with my wife i was like this show has like a pro pro wrestling dynamic too because motherfuckers are always turning on each other you know like either like because like either because like there's like three well there's three dojos now well two dojos now because like uh uh daniel larusso who was the lead in karate kid uh ralph macchio he uh, restarted Miyagi Do and uh, Johnny Lawrence, who was the bully from the first Karate Kid. He uh, restarted Cobra Kai, but then his old coach came back, John Kreese came back and kind of underhandedly stole Cobra Kai back, and now he's running Cobra Kai again. And so uh, Johnny Lawrence has to team up with Danny. And now they have uh, Miragi, Miyagi Do, and uh, Johnny had a fucking Johnny had a dojo called the what was it called? Called the Eagle Fang? Is the Eagle Fang? He was a, I like that one of the kids told him like, well, uh, eagles don't have fangs, sensei. And he was like, shut up. I was like, he was just like, <laughs> so like Johnny and and at the end of season three, Johnny and. Uh, Daniel teamed up, so like they're running a they're running a dojo together, and like I said, it's very pro wrestling to me. It's very pro wrestling, very Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. <laughs> I was just looking at this, I was just like, dude, if you could watch this, you could watch fucking Power Rangers because it's just as silly and ridiculous, you know. So, <laughs> you know? <laughs> if you could if you could watch this, you could watch fucking WWE because it's just as silly and ridiculous, you know. So, I was like, so don't be like, oh, I don't like wrestling. I don't like Power Rangers. It was like, but you watch Cobra Kai. Get the fuck out of here with that. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, but yeah, man, because like people turn on each other. Like the last episode of season three, there's this kid on there called named Hawk. And like he was like a fucking badass. And like he has like a fucking mohawk. And he was kind of a dick. In like season, like season two and season three, towards the end of season three, he kind of had a change of heart, and he he turned on Cobra Kai and joined Miyagi Do. So it was it's like wow, that's that's some wrestling shit right there. That motherfucker turned from heel to babyface. That's what that's what wrestlers do. It's like they're 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 a good guy for a certain amount of time, and then they turn bad, or they're a bad guy for a certain amount of time, and then they turn good. Usually, it's because the fans uh, turn them 
you know, like, so a lot of times you gotta listen to the fans, because, like, if the fans don't like this guy, he's a good guy, like, they're like, well, the fans don't like him, let's fucking turn him bad, you know, or, like, if it's a bad guy that's just so good at being bad, you can't help but love him, they're just like, oh, man, they love this bad guy, let's turn him into a good guy now, you know, so that's what they're doing with fucking Cobra Kai, they was like, they love this guy, let's turn him baby face, you know, so, so, I was like, I love it, I fucking love this show, I'm not done, I'm not done with it yet, I'm still on, uh, I'm still on season four, but I'm fucking loving this shit, uh, it's, it's fucking fantastic, I love it, uh, that's pretty much it for that, um, I'll be back with my review of Daredevil right after these messages. Alright guys, welcome back to the show, Daredevil from 2003, you know I like to start it off, talk about how I saw this movie as a kid, Uh, I was actually a senior in high school at the time when I saw this movie, I saw this movie actually in theaters, Uh, I'm not gonna pretend that I wasn't hyped for this movie, because I was, Uh, a lot of people uh, shit on Daredevil now, but... I was hyped for this movie. I'm not gonna lie. I was really, really hyped for this movie. Because uh, Daredevil is one of my favorite superheroes. He's like, he's up there. He's like top five, I wanna say. When it comes to uh, superheroes, I wanna say, because uh, like my top five are uh, in no particular order Daredevil, Spider Man, Black Panther, uh, Captain America, and uh, Deadpool. Those are my top five, and uh, my honorable mention is the Punisher. I really do like the fucking Punisher. I think he's dope as well. But um, but Daredevil's like top tier. He's like a top tier superhero for me. So when I found out that they were making a uh, movie about him, I was really fucking excited about it. I was like, I couldn't wait. I was like seeing every, seeing all the fucking like. Uh, well, we didn't have trailers. You couldn't like really look at trailers back in two thousand three or two thousand two. You know, so I didn't know that the movie was coming out until like I saw like a until like I saw like I think I probably saw like a trailer in the theater. Is when I saw. I was like, oh shit, they're making a Daredevil movie. I don't know what, what movie I went to go see, but like I was like, oh shit, they went to go, they 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 doing a Daredevil movie, and I was so fucking excited about that. Uh, so yeah, I was yeah, I was <laughs> Daredevil. I was like, I'm going to see that all the way. Um, let's get into the technical. This movie was directed and written by Mark Steven Johnson. The movie had a budget of $78 million and brought in $179.2 million at the box office. This movie also has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 44%. There's not a lot going on with this movie technically. Like, technically, there's not a lot going on with this movie. Uh, I think at one point... The only uh, weird casting news that I have for that, I think at one point they wanted Vin Diesel to play Matt Murdock. And I was like, I'm like, hell no. I'm glad they didn't go that route. I was like, 
can you imagine Vin Diesel's daredevil? He's like, uh, I need to stop the king plane. He killed my father. You know me, I'm all about family. No, you don't mess with a man's family. I'm gonna have to deal with him. And bullseye. I don't know what the fuck, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Something like that, you know. Vin Diesel. Speaking of it, I'm not even gonna get into what Vin Diesel's getting into right now with The Rock. I'm not even gonna go there. Another episode. Another episode. I'll talk about the Vin Diesel and The Rock, but um, which is probably dead news now. So I don't need to talk about it. I digress again. Um, but yeah, man, it's not. There's not a lot to talk about uh, when it comes to casting news. Um, let's get into it. Uh, Another thing, this movie did come out like a year after Spider-Man. This movie came out a year after Spider-Man. Uh, so, Marvel was kind of feeling themselves because Spider-Man made a lot of fucking money. <laughs> you, uh, I know that the MCU is uh, a be-all, end-all now, but like I said, let's not pretend we were not hyped for this movie. And let's not pretend we weren't hyped for Marvel making movies. Because... You got to understand where we were in er, in the early 2000s. And where we were in the early 2000s, because X-Men hit. X-Men hit big. I know a lot of people, but what about Blade? People didn't know that Blade was a superhero. Let's be honest. <laughs> Let's be honest. People didn't know that Blade was a superhero. But uh, defaultly, by default, Blade is the first Marvel superhero movie. Uh, so, And that made some money. Uh, but X-Men was the one that just was like, yo, man, this is this is big business. And Spider-Man was just like, yo, man, like, let's make more, let's make more of these movies. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> the first Spider-Man made a shit ton of money. A shit ton of money. So they were just like, let's make let's, let's just start making these Marvel movies. Um you can kind of say that the early uh, Marvel movies were kind of like pre- they were like a precursor to the MCU because Kevin Feige worked on these movies. Kevin Feige was a producer on this movie. He was a pro- producer on Daredevil. Um, I, he was a lower level guy, so I guess he didn't have any power. He's not like the Kevin Feige that we know now. Because uh, half of these movies fucking suck. I'm sorry. <laughs> let's not let's not kid ourselves. Half of these movies are fucking terrible. Um, look, cause like after this, cause after this you get X Men Two, eh, and then after that you get the Incredible. You get the not the Incredible Hulk. That's a different movie. Uh, you get the Hulk, which is ugh, and then you get uh Fantastic Four. I think after that, no, you get the Punisher after that. You get the Punisher after that. Then you get Fantastic Four. You know, and then like there's other Spider-Man movies that come out. Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 3. And then at some point, I think you get Ghost Rider. I think that was the last uh, pre- Ghost Rider is the last pre-MCU movie that we get. Uh, Ghost Rider is kind of like the one... It's kind of like the one that kind of killed that. Because like there was a lot of those movies that they were doing. Uh, over there at, uh, I think, uh, over there at, uh, 20th Century Fox, it was like, and, uh, Sony was doing the Spider-Man movies, so, so, like, everybody was trying to do, like, these movies, and all these movies were standalone, this is before the, uh, 
MCU brought all these movies together. So, so like, they were kind of, they were kind of, they were trying. They were trying, but more times than not, they were not hitting this shit out the park. Oh, forgot about Elektra. Elektra had a movie. Oh my God. I tell when the electric when the electro review comes, I'll talk about that shit. But anyway, yeah, they were trying. They were really fucking trying with these movies. And then uh, I don't know what happened to Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige went over to be went over to the actual Marvel, and he was just like, let's just start our own studio, and then we'll just do our own fucking movies. And now that's the biggest thing in the world right now. So that was kind of like the origin of this, but. Daredevil is this Daredevil is kind of a part of that, you know. Like a lot of those early movies, the early Spider-Man movies, the early X-Men movies, Daredevil, Ghost Rider, the first Hulk, the Fantastic Four movies, uh, the Punisher. All those movies kind of kind of fit into that, you know. And we're kind of getting all those characters back, you know. All those characters are coming back into the forefront, you know, in the MCU. So we're gonna see what uh, Feige does with those characters when they come into the MCU. Um, let's get into the movie. Uh, you get the because you get the opening sequence with the Daredevil doing the uh, signature Daredevil pose, which is dope. Like the the pose of him when he's on the he's on the cross. I remember seeing that in the theater. I was like, "Yo, he's doing the cross. He's he's sitting on top of the cross." I was like, "That's dope." I remember <laughs> remember saying that. Uh, this is. Unfortunately, this is an origin story, kind of, because at this point, at this point, I kind of hated superhero origin stories, you know, because even now I was talking about origin stories. I was like, that's what I'm, I'm that's what I'm glad they didn't do with uh, Spider-Man this time around in the MCU. I was like, we just shot right into him being Spider-Man. I was like, I do not need to see this motherfucker's origin story again. I. If you don't know what that character, is, if you don't know what that character is now, that's on you, really. You know, I was thinking the same thing with Daredevil because they had to show his origin. They had to show how he became blind and how he became Daredevil and all this stuff. You know, and I guess, I guess you gotta do that because, like, let's think about it. Like Daredevil, Daredevil is one of the most unbelievable superheroes. <laughs> When you, when you come to think about it, like even even when you explain it, even when you explain what Daredevil is, you don't quite get it, you know, because he got he got doused in chemicals and goes blind, and now he has superhuman senses. Even in the movie, when they show it, it looks silly, you know, because like he runs and he runs into like these chemicals. These chemicals splash him in the eyes. And all of a sudden, he knows, as a kid, he's like a child. He's like fucking 12, 13 years old. And all of a sudden, he has like these superhuman abilities, you know. And he uses these abilities to beat up the neighborhood bullies. Which is the dumbest fucking scene in this goddamn movie. You know, <laughs> it's the dumbest fucking scene in this movie. Oh, but how does he know how to do this shit? Because in the, um, cause in the uh, comics, he's blind. Like he doesn't have a dad. He runs into this. He runs into this character named Stick. He's like a blind martial artist, and Stick is the person that teaches Daredevil all all this stuff. He teaches Daredevil uh, martial arts and how to hone his senses and all this other shit. 
uh, uh, by the way, Stick is who's Master Splinter is based off of on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He's based off this character, Stick, who trained Daredevil. Uh, so like, you don't even get Stick in this movie. That was like a that was a kind of a letdown. I was like, I was looking forward to seeing Stick. I was like, yo, we're not gonna get Stick, and there's no Stick. <laughs> like, Stick is not in this movie. I was like, how how could? Because that's what this movie fucks up. That's what this movie fucks up. Because it's like, how are we going to explain? Uh, this kid doing all this superhuman shit and all this like martial arts and shit, and like he just all because like it's it's in the movie, in the movie, it's like he already knows how to do he already knows how to do this shit. He like he gets doused with the chemicals and all of a sudden he knows how to do this shit. He knows how to fight, you know. Because <laughs> I like the scene where he beats up the bullies. It's the dumbest. It's the dumbest shit ever. It's dumb as fuck. Uh, but yeah, uh, fun little Easter egg. Moving on here, <laughs> fun little Easter egg. Uh, so Matt Matt Murdock's father is a, a boxer, Jack the Devil Murdock, and he's also an enforcer for a guy named uh, Fallon. He's like a big crime boss. But uh, at one of at one of Matt's father's fights, Fallon shows up, and like he wants him to throw a fight, and like he starts naming off all of these uh, all these boxers with the last names of Mac Miller and Bendis, and uh, Matt's father is also fighting a fighter that night named John Ramita. Uh, all these boxers are named after writers that are written on Daredevil. Uh, written after David Mack, Frank Miller, Brian Michael Bendis, and John Romita was also a writer on Daredevil. So I was like, that's a cool Easter egg. I I don't think I even really noticed that when I went to go see the movie, you know, for the first time. I didn't even notice that. I didn't notice that until I had to watch the movie again. I was like, yo, man, they're naming all the people that wrote on Daredevil. <laughs> I was like, I know all those guys. But, uh, but like, yeah, uh, Matt's father didn't throw the fight. Uh, Matt's dad gets beaten to death in the alley, and then Matt finds his dad dead. Which is this is this is this is weird because like Matt finds his dad dead, and he just sits there with the dead body. And I was like, so does he go to get help? I mean, like, somebody's got to go pick up the body. You're in an alley and you blind. You know what? What do you? It's not like people just walk through fucking alleys every day. You know, you just go. I just I hate that trope. I just hate that fucking trope where if somebody dead and somebody and the, the, their family member or their loved one finds them dead in like a secluded area or something like that and they're just sitting there with the body like crying or something oh god and it's all this shit and i was like y'all ain't gonna go and run and get help that would be the plausible thing to do that would be the most intelligent thing to do i know you're grief stricken but get up Go get some help. Like, call the the, the ambulance. Call nine one one. You know, call nine one one. Get somebody to pick up the goddamn body. I mean, come on, man. 
like you sitting there crying they might be they might be fucking time to save that person like all that crying you're doing you this person's life is wasting away come on but anyway yeah i just don't like that trope i hate that fucking trope that, that trope fucking sucks i hate it um so we go to present day matt uh matt sleeps at a water tomb i, I told you I told you guys, I told you fucking guys, if you, if you listen to the beginning of the episode when I was talking about Boba Fett, I was like, I told you we were going to go and talk about some more hyperbolic chambers. He sleeps in a goddamn water tomb and he listens to like early 2000s alt metal, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's his thing. It's like he wakes up, he wakes up and he's listening to like fucking Seether or some shit and, uh, <laughs> And he's getting ready and going to work and all this shit. A person I forgot was in this movie. I forgot that John Favreau was in this movie as Foggy Nelson. Like John Favreau pre MCU pre Happy Hogan. It was like so John Favreau has played two side characters in, in, in the Marvel universe. He's played Foggy Nelson and he's played Happy Hogan. Uh so you got that. One thing I do like about this movie, one thing I do like about this movie, we get into the Daredevil stuff pretty quickly. And like, I gotta say that's a plus. That's a plus, because usually in superhero movies, especially back then, it took them some time to get to the superhero stuff. You're like, you gotta sit through all his backstory and his origin and all this shit, and sit to him trying to learn how to be a superhero. I mean, there's, there's some... Uh, superhero movies now that still do that shit. Um, one that comes to mind is Ant Man. The first Ant Man movie did that, it, where he was just like, "I'm." Uh, he was just learning how to be a superhero, and it's just, oh, I don't know how to do this stuff yet. He's like fucking it up and shit like that, and then towards the end, he becomes a real hero. You know, they usually do that, but they don't do that here. I, I like that. I like that they get to the superhero stuff like really quickly. Uh, there's a bar fight in this scene that's in this in this movie that's pretty fucking dope i like that bar fight scene uh we like there's this guy that gets away with like i guess like he gets away with like rape or some shit and daredevil goes and tracks him down at this bar and he just beats the shit out of everybody in the fucking in the fucking bar i was like that's the dopest that is the dopest scene in the whole goddamn movie it's the best fight scene in the whole goddamn movie yeah, like and he's like fighting, he's fighting the like Nickelback in the background. <laughs> I told you, I'm gonna get into that shit soon because there's a lot, there's a lot of early 2000s alt metal in this movie, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about that. Um, so yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have a hot take here, but I'm gonna have a hot take here. Um, Ben Affleck didn't do a bad job as Daredevil. I like Ben Affleck's Daredevil because Ben Affleck plays Daredevil in like this really dark and tortured manner. Like he's like a really dark and tortured Daredevil, and I don't think he does a bad job. I think he's a really good Daredevil. Ben Affleck put out a long string of bad performances in the early 2000s but this is not one of them this is not one of them i look back at his performance here i I watched the movie i look back at his performance and i have to admit he's a good fucking daredevil 
He's a good daredevil. I like it. I like it. Um, there's nothing else to say about it. He's a good fucking daredevil. Um, Jennifer Garner has a strong jawline. Jennifer Garner plays Electra, by the way. Uh, I remember when. Uh, I remember when they cast Electra. When they when they said who's playing Electra, I remember being mad because I've always thought of Electra as this like olive skinned femme fatale, you know how they draw her in the comic books, not this like basic plain plain Jane looking chick like Jennifer Garner, you know? Because like I remember a lot of people wanting uh, Tia Carrera. To play uh, uh, Electra in uh, 2003, but by 2003 she wasn't like hot shit anymore. <laughs> you know, like Tia Carrera is Tia Carrera. I, I recently, not recently, but last year I did a movie that starred uh, Tia Carrera called Jury Duty uh, with uh, her and Pauly Shore, and I was thinking about that shit. I don't know if I mentioned that in my uh, mentioned that in my review. You guys probably got to go back and listen to that, but I remember. Looking at Tia Carrera, I was like, God damn. I was like, she was definitely a product of the 90s. <laughs> Tia Carrera was a product of the 90s. Because by the time the 2000s rolled around, then nobody gave a shit about her. You know? <laughs> nobody gave a damn about Tia Carrera in the 2000s. But, like, people wanted her to play Electra Because she was still sexy. She was still fine as fuck in 2003. But it was just... It's just... People didn't care about her anymore. I guess they, I guess they found out that she's not that good of an actress. They figured it out. They were just like, "Wow, she's, she's not that good of an actress," you know. So, um, we're we're done with her. So, and she probably got, cause like this, that was the thing in the '90s. It was just like the older you got, like the less roles you got as a woman. As a woman, it was just once you turned forty. Which she probably did. She probably turned forty in two thousand three, and they were just like, "Yeah, we're we're done with you," you know. So, you know, <laughs> we're done with you. But yeah, man, she wasn't a thing anymore. I think uh, Jessica Elba would have been a good Electra at the time. You know, like she had just got finished doing Dark Angel, and Dark Angel's pretty much the same fucking thing as Electra. <laughs> you know, I think she would have. I think she would have been a good Electra. I think they should have picked her for Electra. Um, the playground scene is still stupid. It's still the second dumbest thing in this goddamn movie, other than uh, young Matt Murdock beating up bullies. Uh, <laughs> so like that's dumb. Uh, we finally see the kingpin. Thirty-seven minutes into the movie, <laughs> it takes thirty-seven minutes for us to see the kingpin. He's played by Michael Clark Duncan. Michael Clark Duncan, it's just not that he's just not that menacing as the Kingpin to me. Like he's Michael Clark Duncan always came off as a nice guy. He just seems too nice to play a bad guy. He's he's not the bad guy type. I don't think I've ever seen him. I don't think I've ever seen him play a bad guy. Kind of think about it. Uh, I think I've probably seen him play be a henchman, like a henchman guy. But like as a lead bad guy, he's not. He's not menacing enough to be the beat to be the kingpin. Like the way that like Vincent D'Onofrio plays him now. 
Visit Nafrio is a really good kingpin. He's he's scary as fuck. You know, <laughs> that's a scary dude. That's a dude you don't want to fucking piss off. But Michael Clark Duncan didn't really play him all that menacing and all that scary to me. Bullseye is a dickhead. You know, like he kills like a poor a poor old lady for talking too much. You know, uh, let's. I'm gonna skip. I'm gonna skip ahead because I got my notes right here. I'm gonna skip ahead. Let's talk about Bullseye. Bullseye is wasted in this goddamn movie. Bullseye is wasted. He's pretty much a fucking henchman. He's like a hired henchman. He hired the kingpin hired him to uh fucking kill. Uh, I don't even think he even fucking hired him to kill Daredevil because I'm. I think towards the middle of the movie, like Bullseye didn't even know that Daredevil existed. Cause like Daredevil shows up and he's Bullseye's kind of looking at him like, who the fuck is this? You know, so <laughs> so it kind of turned into that after a while. Where like him was like, yeah, you need to kill Daredevil. Because uh, originally, I think Bullseye came to kill uh, Electra's father, who was working with the Kingpin. So that's what Bullseye. But Bullseye's fucking wasted in this movie. Uh, he ain't worth shit. Uh, sometimes this movie can uh be too dark for its own good there's a scene in this movie where daredevil beats up a guy in a hallway and there's a kid crying in the corner like that scene is just like really fucking cliche to me you know because like they used to always do that in the movies like dark movies like shit like that it's like it's like everybody copied the crow you know like every every movie after like 1994 copied the crow and when you wanted to be dark it's got to be raining it's got to be in this dark abandoned building uh beating the shit out of somebody and there's some kid crying like oh, don't hurt me <laughs> and shit like that it's it's cliche i'm kind of glad they stopped doing that shit it's cliche as fuck emily pompeo's in this movie she plays karen page she's not in this movie very much that's her only scene um, there's something, uh, about this movie, the love story, the love story plot between Matt and Electra is boring as hell, and it kind of bogs the movie down, you know, I'm just not a fan of it, I'm not a fan of it, John Favreau is, let's talk about John Favreau is, a uh, foggy, John Favreau is trying his best to bring some life to this movie but like he just comes off as a comedian bombing on stage is what he does he comes off as a comedian bombing on stage because like he's just he's trying to like crack every fucking joke in the book that he can and they're not landing none of the jokes are fucking landing so it's just like it's just like he's just standing there with the mic in his hand and he's just like damn I'm bombing, ain't I? You know, so <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, I already talked about Bullseye and how much he's wasted. Uh, this movie pushes the shit out of his soundtrack. Uh, I mean, work. I mean, <coughs> excuse me. I own the soundtrack. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I was a fucking teenager, uh, so I had the Daredevil soundtrack. You know? Because, like, the Daredevil soundtrack is nothing but a bunch of fucking early 2000s alt metal. 
I think like like I said like fucking Nickelback is on there like Seether's on there that's the first time we see it's the first time we ever hear Evanescence uh who else is on there uh Drowning Pool I think Drowning Pool's on there with uh Rob Zombie is on there uh just a bunch of just a bunch of like early 2000s like late 90s alt metal bands you know (laughs) it was it was good for the time it's good for the time being, but, like, you go back and listen to that shit now, you like, ugh, cringe. You know, <laughs> cringe, cringe, cringe. Also, uh, we get a obligatory cameo by Kevin Smith, who wrote on Daredevil in the late 90s. I love that this movie was showing love to everybody that's ever written on Daredevil. <laughs> showing love to everybody that's ever written on Daredevil, except Bill Everett. I don't think there's... I don't think there is a... I don't think there's a a, a a homage to uh they don't pay homage to Bill Everett, the man who created Daredevil. You know, <laughs> you would think they would. You would think there would be a Bill Everett like homage, you know, but they don't do it. I was like, out of all the people you mentioned, Frank Miller, who who's key? Frank Miller. They mentioned Frank Miller. They mentioned David Mack. They mentioned uh, Brian Michael Bendis. They mentioned Joe Cusada, uh, Joe Casada, uh, like Kevin Smith's in the movie, <laughs> you know, like Kevin Smith's in here. It was like he wrote, he wrote on Daredevil. Uh, he wrote, uh, uh, what's that? Guardian Devil. He wrote Guardian Devil, um, like the Marvel Knight stuff. Uh, he wrote all, who wrote that shit? Um, but they don't show any. They don't give any credit or show any love to the man that created Daredevil, Bill Everett. And I don't understand that shit. I don't understand. I don't know. They're like, man, like kids don't know who Bill Everett is, you know. But still, man, show some love, man. Show some love. Stan Lee's in the movie, by the way. Like he helped create Stanley. It's Stanley. He puts his name on everybody on everybody's fucking creation. He really, he really create shit. But uh, I love Stan. Rest in peace. But he didn't really create nothing. But, uh, you know, a lot of that shit was Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko and Bill Everett and uh, Jim Starlin. And, like, uh, like Jack Kirby created Captain America with Joe Simon. You know, uh, a lot of those a lot of those early comic book characters were created. John Romita Sr. You know, like, a lot of those characters were created by those guys. And Stanley just put his name on it. He was like, I I was there. You know, <laughs> so he could get most of the goddamn money. I was I'm sorry. I got the I got the I got to say what it is. Spade is a spade. I love Stan. I love Stanley. I love like the fucking personality that he had. And just like the just the, the fucking glee and just fucking spectacle of Stanley that he was. But dude didn't really create a lot of shit. You know, dude didn't really create nothing. A lot of that shit was Jack Kirby. Like I said, a lot of that shit was Jack Kirby. A lot of that shit was Steve Ditko. You know, a whole bunch of other people, man. Like, he he didn't really do that. So, it's kind of like, why didn't they... Why didn't they show love to Bill Everett? You know, I don't even know if his name is on, in the credits. I'm trying... I forgot the, I forgot the credits. I don't even know if Bill Everett's name is in the credits when they say Daredevil created by so and so. I don't even know if they say Daredevil created by Stan Lee and Bill Everett. You know, 
did they bill finger bill Everett? Cause they with bat when the, the whole Batman situation, uh, Bill Finger really created Batman, not Bob Kane. But Bob Kane got all the credit for creating Batman, and he just left Bill Finger out of it. There's a there's a cool documentary about that shit. There's a documentary about that shit called Batman and Bill, which is really good. I, I don't know if it's still on Hulu. That's why I saw it. I saw it on Hulu. But it's a really good documentary, and you should check it out. It's like it's real good. It's talking about how how intricate Bill Finger was in creating Batman. He, he pretty much created Batman by himself. Everything about Batman, the whole story, the costume, everything that was Bill Finger. And I don't know if they did that to Bill Everett. I, I don't know that. I don't, I don't know if they did that. You know, so, you know. But maybe they did. Jack Kirby had a falling out with Stan Lee. Let's not forget that. So I don't know if he did the same thing to Bill Everett where he was just like, hey, I'm taking this character and don't even mention that Bill Everett had a fucking <laughs> had a fucking hand. Quote, no pun intended because Daredevil fights a, a, a group called The Hand. Uh, but uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know what's going on with between him and Bill Everett. But yeah, Bill Everett is the real creator of Daredevil. Just letting you guys know. Uh, but like I said, Kevin Smith makes a cameo. The villains, like I said, both the villains in this movie are boring and one-dimensional. Like there's there's nothing to them. Even when they meet up together, it's just like it's boring as shit. Like you don't you don't get a sense of where these characters come from. You don't get a sense of their motivation. It's like it just makes the story weak. Uh, we get an electro montage, like a training montage, mainly to pimp the soundtrack again, because she's like training the Evanescence. Uh, they do the famous bullseye stabs electro scene, but it lacks impact because there's no history. You know, <laughs> there's no fucking history. We don't know. We don't know bullseye's motivation. We don't fucking we barely know Electra's motivation, you know. Of why she, why is she here, you know? And like a lot of these characters lack motivation. And like a lot of these characters lack, lack motivation. Like even fucking even fucking Daredevil kind of lacks motivation. It's like why is he a superhero? Why the fuck is he a superhero? We don't figure out why he's a superhero. He doesn't allude to us why he's a fucking superhero. Where he's just like yeah man, I'm here. To fight for justice because of what happened to my dad and blah 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 and all this shit. We don't know. A lot of these characters are like rudders spinning in the wind. They don't. They don't have a lot of motivation. Uh, lacks imp- like a lot of the, a lot of the things they do lack impact. Uh, and a fucked up thing about this movie is like halfway through the movie, we find out that most of the movie was a flashback scene. I was like, wait a minute. Hold up. <laughs> All this shit was a flashback. <laughs> Are you serious? Because they stop at um, when Electra gets stabbed by Bullseye. And then, like, Daredevil's, like, running away. Because, uh, like, at the beginning of the movie, he, like, falls into, like, this uh, this uh, church. And... They, they, they pick up right there where, like, he fell into the church and he's, like, talking to the 
talking to the priest and shit like that and and then like he and Bullseye have their final fight which is dumb and like I said it lacks impact because what's the fucking motivation uh both of the final fights both of the final fights the fight that he has with Bullseye and the fight that he has with Kingpin they're like anticlimactic like very anticlimactic because there's no real like I said there's no real reason for Daredevil to be fighting these guys because we don't ever build up the villains we don't build up the villains we we don't know why they fucking here you're like what is King I hate to I hate to be a broken record to repeat this shit what is Kingpin's motivation other than looking fly in suits what is Bullseye's motivation other than killing people you know tell me I don't know hopefully they do those characters well um, what's my man name Uh, Kingpin is here Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio is playing him Uh, they kind of they kind of did show his motivation about what he's doing in the Daredevil series I don't know who's going to be Bullseye in the MCU we will find out but yeah man overall this movie's still fucking bad i'm sorry <laughs> i wanted to give it credit i really did i really did from the because like at the beginning i was like huh maybe this movie's not gonna be so bad and from the bar scene on down like the bar scene was where like the coolness stopped we was like oh shit yeah and then like after that it was just a whole bunch of dumb shit you know, but like I said, I have to give Ben Affleck credit. His performance as Daredevil is good. He was just in a bad movie. It's like that's like what I say about Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield is a good Spider-Man. He proved that in the last Spider-Man movie, in uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. He's proved that in Spider-Man No Way Home that he could be a good Spider-Man. He was like he was just in bad movies. You put. Andrew Garfield Spider-Man in a good movie, I guarantee you, he's gonna shine, man. Like he was a good fucking Spider-Man. Uh, like that's how I feel about Ben Affleck in these movies. Like he's a good Daredevil. He was just in bad. He was just in a bad movie. It's a terrible fucking movie. Um, just like uh Ben Affleck's uh Batman. Like Ben Affleck was a good Batman. He was just in bad movies. You know, like terrible fucking movies. Like, this movie had no story, the love, slow plot really brings this movie down. And like I said, the, vill- the villains are undeveloped. They're so undeveloped to where you're like, why the fuck are they here? You know, so I got to give this movie a two out of five. You know, I give it the two for Ben Affleck's performance as Daredevil because I, I think he's the only good part of this goddamn movie. Join me next week when I will be reviewing 1996's Striptease. Until next time, peace.